You're listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, released in late October 2021. Happy Halloween! We are now part of the Direction Point Network. You can find out more at directionpoint.org. On our main story, we talk about the Doctor Who casket or coffin. Yes, they made one. Along with the most outrageous offer and collection protection, coming right up. And now, trick-or-treating at your door with a song, here is Fraser Hines. Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collector's Podcast, the podcast that explores the everlasting world of Doctor Who collecting, those who collect, issues surrounding Doctor Who collecting, and of course, all kinds of Doctor Who merchandise. I am Larry Van Mersbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who since 1981. I opened one of the first Doctor Who stores in Chicago that served just Doctor Who fans, and it was in 1984 called Bundles from Britain. And I was very proud to be a dealer at TARDIS 22 in November of 1985. One of my favorite stories from that time was John Pertwee, the third Doctor, came up to our table and just looked down and said, look at all this stuff. (laughs) I'll never forget, of course, also being in the lobby, just looking out the front door. I was waiting for a friend, and a person walked up next to me, and when I turned, I realized it was Patrick Troughton. I, I said hello, uh, we shook hands, had a brief conversation, and it was, a mem- it was a moment I'll never forget. We are, of course, mentioned in a great book called Red, White, and Who, the Story of Doctor Who in America. It is written by some wonderful friends of mine, and Bundles from Britain lives on page 384. Uh, You can find a convenient link to buy this book on the front page of our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com. I just want all collectors to have a copy of this book on their shelf. It's a great history of how Doctor Who got popular in America. I'm very excited to announce that we are now part of the Direction Point Doctor Who Podcast Network, and you can find great Doctor Who podcasts at directionpoint.org. If you are a Doctor Who podcaster, join today and join the ranks of podcasts such as Time Streams, Police Box in a Junkyard, and the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast. Speaking of links, two great resources for all collectors. Uh, Visit timelash.com and visit the TARDIS library so you can keep track of your books, your vinyl, your CDs, uh, and other materials for free. Just sign up for a free account. Uh, Special thanks to Mr. Dan O'Malley, uh, who runs this and keeps it a free site. Uh, If you're looking up an item or you're not sure what it is you have, then you need to go to Howe's Transcendental Toy Box at DoctorWhoToyBox.co.uk. David J. Howe, of course, is a good friend of mine and a great resource for Doctor Who collectors. You can also find copies of his print book, The Celestial Toy Box, but books rapidly become outdated as new items get added, so the website is your best place to go. 
Of course, if you're looking for great Doctor Who items at great prices, then you must go to DoctorWhoStore.com. Uh, Alien Entertainment is behind the, the website. And of course, if you're in Chicago, visit them in downtown Lombard. Uh, they have exactly what you need. You can also find some more great Doctor Who items uh, at Forbidden Planet, which is one of our sponsors. And you can just go to our website at DoctorWhoCollectors.com, click on the merchandise link, and select from those wonderful selections from Forbidden Planet. You can also visit our eBay store very conveniently, where all proceeds benefit the podcast. Forbidden Planet charges you the same price. We get a slight commission off of that sale, which helps defray the costs of the podcast. In addition to all of our podcasts posted on our website, we also have one of the complete guides to Doctor Who classic hardcover books. We list a lot of reprints that some people don't even know about. And most recently, I saw a Facebook post in a group that took a screenshot of our hardcover book and actually amplified the one of our uh, citations about it being a very difficult book to find. So I was very pleased that it's becoming a useful tool, and we're hoping to turn it into a book at some point. I want to take a moment now to suggest that everyone get their COVID-19 vaccine, if you can, because you will need proof of that vaccine or a negative COVID test within 72 hours to attend Chicago TARDIS 2021 returning to an in-person convention this Thanksgiving weekend. Face coverings will be required at all convention areas as of this taping. And please help us to protect our aging Doctor Who actors, uh, such as Colin Baker, the Sixth Doctor, Terry Malloy, who played Davros, and the Valiard Michael Jaston, as well as our good friend Fraser Hines. Also attending uh, at this moment will be Sylvie Briggs. She appeared in Spyfall. Uh, Lauren Cornelius, who is reprising the role of Dodo Chaplet, that was played by the late Jackie Lane on Big Finish Productions. You'll also get to meet Jason Hay Gallery, uh, who is the CEO and executive producer of Big Finish. And by the way, the, the, the man who put the official kibosh on our effort to get new cassette editions done. <laughs> you Don't bug him about it. He, I think he, he's had enough. Uh, we also have uh, Mickey Lewis, who is a Dalek operator and a unit soldier. Uh, somebody I'm looking forward to meeting, Neve McIntosh, who played Madame Vastra of the Paternoster Gang. And by the way, Neve McIntosh's official Instagram started following us on Facebook, which uh, was a big honor. Um, in addition to that, we have uh, Sadie Miller, the daughter of the late Elizabeth Sladen, who's also reprising the role of Sarah Jane Smith on Big Finish Productions. Uh, we have Colin Spall uh, from Revelation of the Daleks, Rise of the Cybermen, and Age of Steel, and he's also been on many Big Finish titles as well. Uh, we also have Jimmy V, who's not a Doctor Who uh, actor, but many science fiction movies. So not, you know, for everybody. We've got a little bit of that for everyone. So join us there. Um, keep ChicagoTardis.com bookmarked and experience the best Doctor Who convention in the Midwest. I am very honored to be the official collecting expert for Chicago Tardis. So stop by and see my presentation on Doctor Who collecting in person. I actually have giveaways this year, so we will do a, a small raffle at the end, and I have some nice things to give away. 
Uh, you can also, by the way, see my Doctor Who uh, presentation on collecting from last year's virtual Chicago TARDIS. Uh, you can find that on the Chicago TARDIS YouTube and Facebook page streams or on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast YouTube playlist. With luck also, I will be offering a workshop on playing the classic Dennis Fisher game, War of the Daleks. I have two working games, and hopefully we can engage eight players in a classic game uh, of skill and luck, and it'll give a chance to somebody to play a game they might not be able to play. I will also hopefully, I'm still awaiting on approval, but uh, I'm hoping to moderate a discussion of a deep dive into the movie An Adventure in Space and Time, starring David Bradley as William Hartnell. And of course, the convention is this Thanksgiving weekend at the Westin Hotel in Lombard, chicagotardis.com. Our theme song is Who's Doctor Who, composed by Barry Mason and Les Reed, performed by Fraser Hines. Now keep in mind, Mason and Reed also wrote the song It's Not Unusual for Tom Jones. And Fraser has also been quoted as saying it's the only flop they ever wrote. Fraser is also going to be a Chicago TARDIS, so um, that will be exciting. You can hear this podcast, of course, anywhere you get your podcasts, including now Stitcher Radio, Pandora, Amazon Music, and Podbean. And you can find this wherever great podcasts are found. We are a Direction Point Network podcast, directionpoint.org. After the break, we'll have our main story, collection protection, and the most outrageous offer. Stay tuned. Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whit, and every two weeks or so I'm joined by a two to three person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979, that would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You are listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point podcast. Keep collecting. I would like to invite you to take a trip across all of time and space. Join us in the police box as we discuss the worlds of Doctor Who in a completely random order. We discuss it all. TV stories, audio adventures, novels, nonfiction books, and on and on. I'm your host, Eric Branson. I would be very happy if you join me for the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a proud partner of the Video Junkyard podcast and can be found on most major podcast platforms including SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and Spotify. You are listening to The Doctor Who Collectors podcast. As you can see, Lord President, the casket bears the seal of Resilon. Where was this fraud? In the Castellan's room. I am innocent. I have never seen that casket before. And now for the main story. Uh, Many household and technology-related items were made for Doctor Who, with Doctor Who-related imaging or branding. As we talk about, uh, basically, we talked about this in the pinball episode. Uh, During the 90s, of course, the license for Doctor Who, very inexpensive, 
and very easy to obtain since there were no Doctor Who stories being made at the time. Many manufacturers, of course, gambled during that downtime of Doctor Who to make strange things with the logo or the Daleks. Um, of course, during the early 60s, of course, uh, when the Survivors aired during uh, uh, the Daleks for the first time, there was a huge cash grab for Dalek-related merchandise. Uh, 10 million viewers saw the Daleks in December of 63. So they wanted to capitalize on that. So lots of Dalek items. I'm still learning about many Dalek items that we're going to talk about a few of those today. So I want to start, of course, uh, since this episode is coming out close to Halloween, I thought we would start with something a little macabre. But we're going to start with the Doctor Who coffin. Yes, the coffin or casket uh, was made out of carton board, which is still done today. You can still buy a carton board um, coffin. I, I don't know the price uh, today. Of course, I haven't had to do that. But, um, you know, they're, they're one of the least expensive caskets you can buy. The Doctor Who coffin, and I'm not making this up, by the way. There will be photos. Uh, and you can also find it in the Doctor Who toy box. Uh, the Doctor Who coffin was made by Creative Coffins out of the UK and sold roughly for £355, which roughly is about $488 in, the, in American. Uh, it cost about $100 to ship it. So you can see a photo of this on our Facebook page and the website. Um, the cost included... Of course, any personalization, like names and dates, and they were made in 2011, and as of now, they are no longer made. I do not have one, nor do I know of anybody that does. Uh, I don't know if anybody was buried in one. No idea. It's a very, very unusual collectible. Um, I'm not even going to gamble that a used one would be very unlikely, and not to mention probably illegal. Um... But if they exist in new condition, that might be something that somebody has as a as a container for some, you know, it might keep your target books good. I don't know. But uh, the toy box, of course, suggests a price today of about a thousand dollars. But I'm sure that price would bury the competition. Oh, bad joke. <laughs> anyway, yes, they made a Doctor Who casket. So there you go. That starts off our our. Uh, <laughs> our household items. Really not a household item. It's more of an everlasting product, um, so to speak. Um, going back to 1965, you know, in talking about the Dalek cash grab of the 60s, we have the Dalek wallpaper. And it showed numerous TV Century 21-style Daleks whizzing about on their hoverbouts and firing their guns. Uh, they were made by the Wallpaper Manufacturers Limited, the Lee's Paper Staining Company branch, a division of Crown Wallpapers. They were first released in 1965, and it was popular enough to remain in the catalogs until the end of 67, when it was discontinued. Uh, an unused sheet of wallpaper could fetch maybe $200 or more. Used uh, that was stripped from a wall could maybe get $50 if it's intact. Um, again, it's part of that Dalek marketing craze of the early 60s. So there was some pretty incredible um, stuff there. Um, and continuing in the wallpaper department, uh, it took a long time to come back to it, but in 1982... One of the Playmates series of nursery pre-pasted vinyl wallpaper was a repeating image of a photograph of Peter Davison, an artwork of three Daleks firing their guns, the TARDIS and a Cyberman head against a starscaped background. 
Um, if you find those today, you can expect to pay about 42 pounds, which is uh, roughly $56, or $5 for a used piece that was taken off a wall but completely intact. And we also have a long gap. Apparently the wallpaper thing came and went over time, but in 2008 we come to a group called Leisure Brands or Deco Fun UK, and they're still around. Uh, they come in 10 meter rolls, blue with images of the black Dalek and cyber controller on with small TARDISes and a pattern of dots. They were originally priced at $15 a roll. I am not exactly sure if what it's going for now. I was unable to find any to compare. The company here is, I'm sorry, DecoFun UK, no longer in business. I apologize for that. So, um, so basically you can wallpaper your walls. Uh, does anybody still put wallpaper up? I, I know uh, when I've, I've encountered people that want to take their wallpaper down, they say just rip the walls down and put new drywall up because <laughs> it's easier. Um, in 2011, uh, there was two varieties of wallpaper that you could buy, two differently patterned wallpaper rolls, one showing a column and the other showing roundels, you know, the round things <laughs> from classic Doctor Who, which could be combined, uh, combined to create a TARDIS-like wall, maybe something if you want to recreate the console room, if you can find these. The paper was matched to a paint sample from the 1983 control room set. Uh, the cost at the time was £100 per roll, and the roll was big enough for an entire room of an average size. Um, they were about $138 a roll. So it was made by Etching Hill Arts UK. No information as to whether or not they're still around, but the paper is out of print. Uh, in 2016, um, by Dreamtext in the UK, a 53-centimeter pattern repeat with the art by Mike Collings. Uh, Doctor Who comic art. If you've seen the comic um, posters of the Doctor Who comic book covers, uh, that's basically what it is. They have that on uh, on pajama pants now and stuff like that. So there were about six pounds or eleven dollars per roll. So you could uh, line your coffin with those <laughs> or paint or paper your walls. So that's that covers all the wallpaper for the most part. So you could you know if you can find the wallpaper and if you want to put it on your walls, that's you know, basically what came out for Doctor Who. Uh, I have no idea if any fan-made wallpaper was made. I tried to check Etsy and a few other places, but I didn't see anything out there. If you know of something, or if you know of a wallpaper that I missed, shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com, and we'll add it to the next feature. Um, back to 1965, of course, the Dalek cash grab again, the Dalek toilet soap. Uh, from Northamptonshire Town and Country Association for the Blind. So this was a set of three colored Dalek soaps in a presentation box made uh, for Scorpion Universal Toys Limited. Cost about five shillings back in 1965. I have no idea what that translates to. Um, but that was the original cost. Today, an unopened package could fetch you $400 or more. Amazing, isn't it? That's for three little, like, you know, the remember the soaps, uh, if you visited your grandmother's house, you had the soaps you couldn't use? That's, you know, decorative soaps. That was what that was about. So um, there was no soap until 2010, it looks like. So that's a long time to wait for soap for Doctor Who. Um, it's a bad reference. No soap for you. <laughs> a little Seinfeld reference there. Geeky Clean Soaps. And I'm not making that up. It was a United States company. Uh, no longer uh, make these, but... Uh, I see them every once in a while, um, but you can travel through time and space in the privacy of your own tub with a bar of Tarta soap. I can't make that up. Tarta soap. 
Uh, it weighed at about 14 ounces. Uh, this is a soap bar that looks bigger on the inside. Uh, this is right from the marketing copy. I am not making this up. Uh, the Tardis soap comes scented with a delightful caramel apple fragrance and uses all vegan-friendly materials. Uh, save the day, smell fantastic, and always get the girl, you clever man. Almost always, anyway. Oh, boy. <laughs> and sorry the doctor is not included. So I wonder where the marketing was going with this. Uh, I'll leave that up to you. Um, stand, dis disclaimer, though, is standing within the vicinity of the Tardis soap may not deflect Dalek extermination or physically translate alien languages. Yes, groan. <laughs> Um, it's out of print. Uh, the original price is $7, uh, if you can find that. And, of course, enjoy that in the privacy of your home. Uh, enough said about that. Lastly, in the squeaky clean category, we've got the 2012 uh, TARDIS hand soap uh, made by uh, Sapona UK. This was hand soap in a TARDIS dispenser, 300 milliliters, roughly three and a half pounds um, was the original price. And by the way, you can still get this on Amazon. Uh, they're selling them for roughly $42 and up uh, in new condition. So a few of those are still around or they were in warehouses. So you can still get that. Um, and, you know, going back to uh, some old technology here, uh, you can always make a phone call on your landline with your TARDIS telephone by Holdcourt Limited UK. This was a really uh, nice handcrafted item. Very hard to find today, but it's a lightweight plywood TARDIS with a telephone handset inside and an area in the back that's already drilled out to put your telephone cord in. Um, the, not, you know, very difficult to find. The original price was 99 pounds. Uh, so it came out in the 80s. So that's that's going to be quite expensive, almost $200 for this item, because I think it was it was handmade. I've only seen photos. Um, this would have been a landline phone. There's no information about whether it rang with the TARDIS sound or, or just rang like a standard telephone. I have no idea. There's no, a, not a lot of information and no confirmation. So if any of my listeners have a Harcourt Limited telephone, uh, please let us know at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast at gmail.com. I would like to know. Um, and moving forward in 2005, there was the TARDIS phone flasher for use with a modern cell phone. Uh, Bluetooth connection. I actually have one of these in the package. Uh, I've never tried it out, but it's kind of cool. It's a small model police box, which makes the TARDIS dematerialization sound and the light flashes when a mobile phone in the vicinity is about to ring. The original release was dark blue and had no detail on the roof and came with a red impact design. Uh, the second design was lighter blue. I think I have the second design. Uh, had a textured roof and a light blue impact design. So I have one of these, like, like I said, sealed. Um, they're, about, they're going for about $20, so not terribly expensive. There's a lot of them floating around. Uh, in 2007, um, they made a different one, uh, Marks & Spencer UK. Um, they had one with character options. So this was the Doctor Who TARDIS phone alert. So this was three inches tall. Um, had a flashing lantern light, 10 seconds of speech and FX, links to your mobile phone, the TARDIS, to alert you of any calls. The TARDIS will alert you by flashing its light. Perfect for when your mobile is on silent. A hidden switch allows either silent flash or speech, followed by the dematerializing, I can't say it, dematerialization sound effect. 
It's very cool. <laughs> we'll definitely cover more Dalek and TARDIS related gadgets in the future, but if you have any of these items, we'd love to see photos of, of them as you have them, and you can send those to me at Podcast at gmail.com, or you can share them with us on Facebook or Instagram, and that's at Doctor Who Collectors. So um, you can check this out. Uh, if you're looking, of course, for more items uh, like this, you might be able to find some of these at DoctorWhoStore.com or The Who Shop in the UK, or of course you can try ForbiddenPlanet.com. So I hope you enjoyed today's uh, information about some of some of the items that were made. There were so many things to talk about. I doubt I'm going to run out of material. Uh, more items are made every day, and uh, it's just exciting to see how marketing has impacted Doctor Who. So that is our main story for today. Thank you. Sad, Red, isn't it? People spend all that time making nice things, and other people come along and break them. And now it's time for collection protection. I want to point out some new products that have just come to light from Bags Unlimited. Of course, Bags Unlimited. I've been using them since 1981. You can find them at bagsunlimited.com or give them a call at 800-767-2247. They offer collection protection supplies for just about everything. And something I wanted to point out was uh, I had a we had a question regarding Radio Times. Um, you know, Radio Times, of course, is the British uh, television and radio guide, and they're the older editions are about nine and a half by thirteen in size, and then they change to a magazine type of thing. Um, but the older ones, of course, a lot of people do collect those, uh, even if uh, they're not Doctor Who on the cover, because sometimes, you know, they want to find, you know, like a listing for, you know, because sometimes they put little artwork by the, uh, like, there's a little Dalek next to the listing for Evil of the Daleks and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. But I want to point out there's um, a product you can use for indefinite storage. This product is actually approved by the Library of Congress, and it's called an archival newspaper kit says it's the ultimate acid-free protection for collectible newspapers. And they're available in five sizes. The smallest size will accommodate the Radio Times. I still would recommend putting the Radio Times into a acid-free bag uh, to protect it. But here's some additional um, options here. Uh, the kit includes uh, four mil polyester mylar sleeves, uh, conservation guide, super acid-free backings, and the black alpha-cell conservation grade storage box. Uh, these materials in these, the materials used in these sleeves, backings, and storage boxes are the only materials approved by the Library of Congress. And care of paper products. So all the kits are sold separately. Each kit holds 8 to 12 newspapers in sleeves and backings depending on the height of the box. So you can keep several of these in one box. So, and by the way, the, uh, the kit saves you roughly $25 in buying all of these materials separately. So the one I'm going to point out is the uh, archival newspaper kit that measures, um, it measures 12 by 24, uh, basically 13 by 25 by 3 with the box with a 12 by 24 mylar sleeve that you can fold over if there's extra and the 12 and a half by 24 acid-free backings, which you can use in the bag. And that kit, by the way, not for, you know, you know, the kit will hold up to 12, probably 
maybe in 14 radio times. Um, for one of them, the whole kit will cost you $144.35. Free shipping on that, by the way. But this is if you're looking for forever storage. This is not short-term. Um, if you're looking to hold on to it and you want to protect it forever, this is the way to go. This is a serious investment. If, you're, if you care about what you're preserving, you have to pay almost equally to protect it. And that's important. Protection uh, from the elements, uh, from, from, you know, mold, from moisture, the things that really attack, um, as, as the doctor used to say, entropy increases. So if we want to protect them from that kind of um, environmental uh, threat, then these are the items that you can use. Uh, another item that you could uh, store this in, if anybody has a full-page Cinderella program from when Peter Davison and Anthony Ainley, I think this was 1982 or 81, um, those programs are newspaper size and can be protected in that as well. So really, really cool stuff. Um, and of course, you know, if you, if you do order from Bags Unlimited, please let them know that you heard about it on the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Many other items, and of course, as the holidays are coming up, maybe a gift uh, a gift to a fellow collector for a gift certificate. I don't know if they offer them, but I will do some research. Um, or, pa- or pass this information along. They have been around for a long time because I was using Bags Unlimited. I used to sell Bags Unlimited when I ran bundles from Britain uh, back in 85, but they have been, I've been using them since 1981. So that's today's uh, collection protection. Uh, if you have an item that you would like more information about protecting, shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. All my travelings throughout the universe, I have battled against evil, against power-mad conspirators. I should have stayed here. The oldest civilization, decadent, degenerate, and rotten to the core. Power-mad conspirators, Daleks, Tarans, Cybermen. They're still in the nursery compared to us. Ten million years of absolute power. That's what it takes to be really corrupt. And now it's time for the most outrageous offer, my favorite part of the program. Uh, If you find a Doctor Who item out there in the various worlds of eBay, Abe's Books, Amazon, or anywhere else, and you feel the price is a little crazy, um, including Facebook posts or anything like that, shoot us an email, take a screenshot, or send us a link at DoctorWhoCollectorsPodcast at gmail.com, and we'll, we'll vet it out for you and see how it how it does compared to other sellers and if it qualifies we'll read it on the air and you can choose to have your name mentioned or not just let us know uh today uh we have an item here it's a uh, item a book from 2010 published by bbc books and it's from a seller in england called big bang books out of durham united kingdom this is doctor who the tardis handbook and uh, very not a very rare book actually. It's uh, I don't like to use the word rare, but it's not rare at all. It's a very very ha- uh, common book. Uh, this bookseller is charging. Let's see, shipping U.S. shipping is a dollar eighty, so that's pretty uh, pretty good here. No, excuse me, the U.S. shipping is sixty one eighty, so they're from England. So already that book's going to cost you a lot to ship, but the asking price is one thousand four hundred fourteen dollars and forty two cents. Kind of strange, um, considering I did my own search, and you can get this book brand new for $13.95. So 
So I'm not sure why they're pushing this book. It's not signed by anybody. It's not an unusual edition. It's not a misprint. It's not, nothing unusual about this. So I was really, con you know, just kind of confused as to why this price um, is listed. So, of course, we contacted the bookseller and we have not heard back. Um, of course, I haven't checked back as of this taping to see if it's still there. A lot of times when I ask, those listings disappear. Of course, I did take a screenshot, so I will post it to our website so you can see that we're not making these up, folks. Um, the Doctor Who TARDIS Handbook. You can get this book used, by the way. You can get a new copy for $13.95. You can get used copies for $3 and up. So don't spend $1,414.42 on a book you can get for $13.75. In fact, I might contact this bookseller and say, I've got a few books I could sell you for $15 if you're going to make $1,400. Uh, <laughs> of course, they probably won't accept that. Uh, a lot of times they come back and say, well, it was a pricing error. I'm like, you know, it's still up there. Um, it's been up there for a while. Um, they've been a bookseller, by the way, uh, since 2015. So, Hopefully, they'll figure that out. Anyway, you've been listening to The Most Outrageous Offer. Again, if you find an item that doesn't quite fit your mold for a price, uh, and we've seen lots of them, including ex-library copies of the War Games in hardback for over $1,200, when it's not worth more than $300. So, it happens. Well, thank you for listening to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I hope everyone has a safe and happy Halloween, and hope to see you next month at Chicago TARDIS the best Doctor Who convention in the Midwest. So thank you for listening, and remember, we are part of the Direction Point Network, directionpoint.org for more great podcasts. Doctor Who Podcast Network.